Take from New Jersey. It's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. And I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. John Trumbull, how are you doing, sir? I, I'm, I'm doing well, Darren Patterson. I'm doing well as well. Are we just going to use each other's full names the entire time now? I yeah. Oh, well, you know, I like to I like to be polite when I can. When I know, sure. you know, I, I I barely know you, so I don't yeah, want to. No, yeah, no, we we <laughs> only have like a business relationship. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't want to get too familiar. No, we do not talk off air. It's, yeah, no, uh, we. Yeah. Yeah, we or we stay as far away from each other. There's a lot of hurt on both sides. Uh, things were said. Uh, actions were things actions were taken. Uh, neither of us no. regret anything we said. That we are no. not backing down a bit. No, no, no. To, to yeah. quote the great uh, Tom Petty, "I won't back down." Yeah, the scars run deep, you I'll guys. Say. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> <That is> funny. <laughs> oh man, you're whimsical. I know we are, right? We just riffed that, guys. That that was all improv, right there. We did. That was, uh, yeah, that, that was like a herald. We did a herald right now. <laughs> yeah, that that was our long form improv of like one minute. <laughs> Get yeah. close with the crowd. <laughs> I I know. I did a full minute, guys. Hey, right? <laughs> I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready for uh, you know, uh, Toronto or wherever. Yeah. Wherever yeah, no, improv no, we're, happens. We're going to be uh, featured players on SNL uh, next yeah, year. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm ready for OI. Yeah. <laughs> Or I.O. Damn it. Fuck, I fucked it up. Yeah, well, that's what we do. That's that's why our improvs only go a minute. <laughs> oh, I got... I'm thinking... So but, welcome, oh. welcome, everyone who's listening. Uh, if you haven't heard the show before, we're we're we're, we're two nerds from New Jersey. We, we nerd out about Saturday Night Live. That's what we do. Yeah, I said you all know, that in the beginning. We watch the sketches. We watch the make-em-ups. And then, and then we... This, this podcast thing. And we talk about what we thought. You know? No yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's an original idea. I don't think anybody else has done it before. So nope, we are it. the only SNL podcast out there. Uh, don't Google that. That's right. Um, we're it, baby. Yeah, this week we're we're talking about uh, uh, season forty-seven, episode three, from October sixteenth, twenty twenty-one, with Rami Malek hosting and young young thug musical guesting. That's right, Rami Malek. Of course, you know him from uh, Mr. Robot fame, and of course, mm-hmm. he played Fr- Freddie Mercury in the uh, mm-hmm. Queen biopic Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, and he's also done like a few things, like kind of here and there. He kind of got his start in like. Um, did you ever see that movie Short Term Twelve? It was like a small indie film. It no. had a uh, Bre- had Brie Larson in it before she she became big. I'm not sure if I even heard of that film. I'm I'm out of the loop. It was super under the radar. Like uh, I think maybe like. It was one of those okay, we get it. You're hip. <laughs> I'm from New York, guys. I don't know if I've mentioned it, but I'm I'm very cosmopolitan. Yeah. Uh, okay. Bro. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wait a bit. Wow, a community reference in 2012. Bravo, sir. Um, but yeah, so it, like it's 2021. But okay. What? What? You said it was 2012. Oh, I. <laughs> yeah. That you know that's that's when people made community references, but. Uh. Yeah, but no. Tell us about this this indie movie you saw with him. Uh, yeah, it, it was uh, directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, who also who went on to direct uh, Shang Chi, which came out this oh, year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was like a really small indie movie. It had uh, Brie Larson in it. It had um, who else did it have? It had Rami Malek was in it. It had uh, Lakeith Stanfield was in it. It all kind of took place in this uh, group fo- this group home for a troubled teenage for troubled teenagers. 
It was a very good film. It was really, it was really good stuff. Um, so yeah, check that out. So, but anyway, Rami Malek has been around since then, and he's right. You know, he's in, he's in the new Bond film. He's the villain in the new Bond film, No Time to Die. And yes. also, I've, I've got like a bit of a personal connection with Rami Malek. I've I've never met Rami Malek, but he and I are alumni of the same uh, university, University of Evansville in Evansville, Indiana. I'm All right. class of 94, he's class of 03. So we get it. You go to colleges where famous people go to. That's right. That's right. I I feel like that like him being a UE graduate, I think that is a large part of the reason why he's hosting SNL. I feel like SNL they wanted to send out a message mm. to the SNL nerds and say, like, hey, we hear you. We dig what you're doing. Um, we want to make you happy here. We're going to have somebody from John's alma mater host the show just to send a message. Just, you know, you're our favorite SNL podcast. That makes sense. Like, I'm yeah. hoping, I mean, that makes sense. Because when Seinfeld hosted SNL, like, I got very happy. Because, like, oh, he went to Queens College like I did. See? We're like, we're like See? brothers. Right. Yeah. yeah. So now we just need like John Favreau to host or Ray Romano, and I think we're we're good for as far as yeah. I'm and concerned. for me, um, it would be Ron Glass <clears throat> from uh, Barty Miller and Firefly. That might be a little difficult because he's dead. Um, yeah, and uh, another famous uh, alumnus from University of Evansville is uh, Richard Karn, the guy who played the sidekick on Home Improvement. Oh. Dude. Oh, Al Borland. Yes. Yes. Oh. Al on Home Improvement. I don't think so, so Tim. Yeah. That can still happen. Yeah. Right. He, hosted, he hosted Family Feud. I mean, you know, he, he, I'm sure he's available. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there are other famous alumni that I'm totally forgetting about, but those are the two that spring to mind. Wow. Uh, Ron Glass and Richard Karn. All right. Well. And Al from Home Improvement. Yeah. Al from Home Improvement. Yeah. Well, hey. SNL uh, talent bookers, if you're listening, and I know you are, I just say we're just saying, get on it, book Look, Richard Barnes. No, it, uh, in all seriousness, it's a really good theater school, and you know, hey, Ron okay. Mel, the dudes won an Oscar, so yeah, no, big thing, something right, big things, and like I think when we first heard he was hosting, we were like, oh, that could work, because you know, as we've seen before, people who are mostly known for dramas. Turns out they got a bit of they got a bit of the funny comedy bone in them. They can do well, the comedy. Yeah, it's always fun to see the dramatic people uh, kind of stretch and and show sides of themselves that you don't often see. And he hits on that in his monologue, and we see that in another way uh, later on in the show. Not to spoil any surprises Ooh. for people who listen to this podcast before they watch SNL, which <laughs> I don't wow. get it, but I guess somebody must consume the podcast in that way. Do you think? I yeah, I guess you could do that. If you listen to this podcast before you watch any of SNL, let us know about it because that must be that is fascinating to me. That is odd. That's like the people who pour milk in the bowl before they pour in the cereal. Yeah, like, that's like listening to the commentary on a movie before you watch the movie. Yeah, that's that's odd. That's like reading a book from the last page to the front. Right. Is it like that? That's, that might be a terrible analogy. I don't know. Let's let's have some more metaphors. Uh, it's like rain on your wedding day. Yes. It's a free yes. ride when you've already paid. Yes. 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. That's right. So anyway, should we should we dive into the show? Let's dive into the show. Well, this that's was... been enough babbling from us. Yeah, that was, that was enough witty banter, right? 
Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think we, we've met our, our legal prerequisite for witty banter. Our contractually obligated uh, length of banter has been met. Yes, yes. And we will go back to stony silences after this. Um, so to start off the show, we had football press conference cold open. Uh, this was a, a message from the NFL because, you know, there's NFL's been in the news this week. You don't say. You don't. Nothing uh, untoward, I hope. There's there there's a fella in the NFL, uh, Raiders coach John Gruden, who mm. uh, he he sent out some emails that uh, apparently not good. Uh, yeah. So for those that I'm don't know, go out on a limb say say they were bad. They were <laughs> bad emails, you guys. And he should feel bad. He should he should feel bad. I, yeah, I'm go I'll go full Zoidberg on him. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So for those that don't know, um. John Gruden was the uh, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, and uh, some the Las old... Vegas Raiders now. I didn't even know that. Yeah, no, they moved to Las Vegas a, a while ago. They're, I oh, think they, okay. they were in L.A., then they were in Oakland for a while, and now they're we're, in. We're not sports people, so no, yeah, no. we. I there are so many things I don't know. I've never had to Google so many names for like a cold open. <laughs> Roger Goddle. You know, usually, usually, like there's maybe a senator or two that I haven't heard of, or I want to check the spelling of, and here it's just like, oh yeah, okay, I heard about this story, and yeah. Uh, yeah so for those who don't know, like they dug up some old emails he sent to some few people, and uh, yeah, he's used some uh, not great language, a lot of um, yeah. you know, racial, racially not great things, and uh, slurs. Yeah, some slurs. That's, that's the word. That's the word. Yeah. Um, you know, some homophobic language calling Roger Goodell, I believe, the uh, F word for a, a, a homosexual yeah. or, person. Or as they call it in this sketch, the gay F word, because we want to differentiate <laughs> it from the other F word. I've, ne- I've never heard the term the gay F word before, so that really struck me. I I haven't heard it, but I, I now that you say it, I'm sure somebody has referred to it that way. I was like, okay, well, I mean, I definitely know which one you're talking about now. No, not the straight one, the other one. Yeah, because usually when you say the F word, you know, people think think you mean an act of sexual congress. But, uh, mm, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> ooh, coitus. So and, this, uh, this was uh, one of the those SNL sort of rapid fire sketches where we're bringing a ton of people in very quickly. Uh, yeah, yeah, we had, we had like, Colin Jones come in as Roger Goodell. Mm-hmm. NFL she- commissioner, Roger Goodell. Right. Uh, before that, we had Cecily Strong coming in as the, um, the NFL you know, PR person who right, prefers and her name was prefers to remain anonymous, which I liked. Yeah, I, the audience didn't laugh at that. I don't think they got it, or maybe it was so quick they didn't capture it. Yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're still getting their sea legs. And then we had a uh, new cast member. Um, oh gosh, I'm, I'm I, I write him down as just J A J. Yeah, uh, it's John, James Austin Johnson or or Jad. James, James Austin Johnson. I still don't have that like fixed in my head because it's only his third week. Yeah, no, but, you call him Jadge. Yeah, yeah, Jadge. Um, he's he's Raiders coach uh, John Gruden, and he's apologizing for his emails. Um, he he, try, he tries to play it off. He's like, oh, yeah, when I said the other, the, the gay F word, I meant to say frigate, which is like a warship. Right. Like flaming frigate, that's a warship on fire. That's yeah, fine. Uh, he says, I never meant to hurt anybody. I meant to hurt them secretly behind their backs. Oof. Oh, boy. Uh, and, Duke, can I also mention... Uh, Jadge, brand yeah. new cast member, third time he's in a cold open. 
Yeah, perfect record so far, right? Like, he's getting all this screen time. It's like, it's unheard of. Look, he is killing it, and after just three weeks, I totally see why they cast the guy. He's he is he's a good performer, and he's a great impressionist. He's like the second coming of Daryl Hammond, I think. Yeah, I have seen that, like on uh, Twitter, on uh, SNL Twitter, like people are comparing him to Daryl Hammond. I think I've seen people compare um, Sarah Sherman to like Sherry O'Terry. She had mm. that same type of manic energy to her. I can see that. Okay, and uh, we'll we'll get to it at the end, but like after. Uh, Aristotle's performance at the end of the show, people have been comparing him to like a Fred Armisen type. He has like it's important kinda... that we pigeonhole these people early. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we 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 only we can only reference the new cast members in terms of older cast members. That's <laughs> yes. We will put you in this box, and you will not leave this box. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but let's see who else do we have. We had Alex Moffat as Raiders owner Mark Davis. Uh, Pete Davidson as new head coach Larry Rucker, who comes in and immediately resigns because he's like, yeah, they're looking at my old tweets and, you know, that's not going to be good for me. Uh, he says, I put the F word in the subject line. I started a text chain called, hey, let's rank the races. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> I, do, I do like how how perky that the title of that text chain is. <laughs> it's an exciting game we're going to play. Uh, it's fun for everyone. Uh, we hit, we had Andrew Dismukes, who was the equipment coach, and then he's told he's the new coach. He resigns immediately. And then we have the new chair of women's relations for the NFL, uh, Heidi, as cheerleader for the Washington football team, who, like the team, has no name. Right, yeah, and she kind of yeah. came out saying, "God, you get all you guys need to lighten up. It's funny, yeah, it's funny." And then, uh, then she proceeded to bring out the new mascot. Um, you know, and because like I think the, the the way they were thinking is well, let's instead of using like a Redskins type of mascot, let's use a mascot that plays on like a, a white person stereotype. So right. they bring they bring in uh, Giuseppe, the stinky Italian. Yes, uh, played by Kyle Mooney, and it's uh, uh, and say hey, Mamma Mia, that's a spicy meat. I guess it's still okay to make fun of, fun of Italians in this day and age. Uh, if you do an exaggerated Mario accent, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Mamma mia. Uh, and then uh, we have uh, Chris Red come in as Colin Kaepernick, who says, oh, yeah, gee, if only somebody had warned people that the NFL was racist. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if somebody was trying to tell us that this whole time, but then it somehow yeah. got twisted that he's anti-cops or something. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And then uh, for a totally random ending, we have uh, Keenan Thompson coming in as new head coach LeVar Burton. Right. I think that's also playing the whole Jeopardy fiasco. Right, right. Yeah, because he's, he's like, take that, Mayan Bialik. Um, by the way, Keenan, not even attempting an impression of LeVar <laughs> Burton. <laughs> he just put on those LeVar, LeVar Burton glasses from Star Trek. And he was like, yeah, yeah I'm LeVar that you know. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what those glasses are called. Look like a like a headband. It, like it was it was on the show. It was called his visor. Ah. Uh, it was it was made out of like a woman's uh, uh, oh, what do you call it? like a hair clip? Oh yeah, See? yeah. So that's that's what they built the prop out of. Um, John, John, I knew John would know. John, yeah. I knew as, as soon as I put this out there, I was like, John's gonna he's gonna slam. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm a Star Trek fan. Uh, <laughs> John's got me on this one. But yeah, I was just like. 
wow, Keenan is phoning this in. He was like, <laughs> I'm LeVar Burton, and I talk just like Keenan Thompson. <laughs> hey, y'all, I'm LeVar Burton. What up? I mean, it's like, that's not. That's, come on. I was just like, oh, it must be nice to have that job security, <laughs> Keenan. <laughs> <laughs> must be nice. Uh, what do we think of this sketch? Um, I thought it was all right. Um, it's, yeah. I mean, you know, the fact that it wasn't a political cold open, that automatically I give it points for that. Um, mm-hmm. The whole sort of rapid fire, hey, let's bring in this person, let's bring in this person, let's bring in this person. Is, you know, that's something that SNL has always done. Yeah. I, I feel like it's their it way. Of, it's become more of a formula in the last couple of years, though. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's sort of their way of kind of saying a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. at once but it kind of i don't know after a certain point it all kind of becomes kind of white noisy where like they're, yeah, they're you yeah. know what i mean like they're kind of talking about you know the mascots and then they're talking about you know what Colin kaepernick then they're talking like even yeah uh joe says goodell was saying you know he how i think um at first he didn't he didn't want uh the the coach uh john gruden to say anything on the mic and he was like he was begging me and you all know how i hate to see people kneel yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. like they're kind of touching on a bunch of different things at once, and I don't yes, know if it was no, as effective. I, definitely, I I wish, yeah, I wish it had been a little more of of like, oh, here's a new coach, oh, they're they're resigning, here's a new coach, they're resigning, and and you know, and I liked that we got down to like the equipment manager and then the, the cheerleader, and I wish it would been a little more of that, you know, and then like. LeVar Burton at the end, that's like really random. And it's just like, oh, yeah, LeVar Burton's kind of still in the public eye now because of the Jeopardy thing. Yeah, um, it's, like, it's like they're saying a bunch of different things. And then they just kind of bring in Kyle as a, you know, yeah. a, the Italian mascot. I was like, that's kind of, I don't know. That, yeah, was, I don't know if that really ending. fits. And I, I feel like also another reason they're doing these rapid fire sketches, these types of openings, especially in the cold open, is because they like having a big group of people saying live from New York together. Um, yeah, I could see that. It looks, it's... it feels, I mean, cause it used to be like, we'd, we'd have like just a sketch with like a normal number of people in the sketch, like somewhere between two to five people, let's say. And usually it would just be one person who would says it, but now they like doing the big group gathering. Yeah. It, it, it looks good on a, in a commercial and on probably yeah. on like a, you know, a yearly wrap up of, you know, video or something. It, yeah. It, but, it, I, but I feel like that's something they should only be doing once in a while, not every single episode. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess it's a way of letting everybody get to say the catchphrase. The you know, I know, I, I, know. I, I just I just feel bad for our, our friends at uh, SNL stats who have to like track all that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're like, oh god damn it. Okay, god damn it. I gotta I gotta count out everyone who, uh, who says live from New York and tally uh, it up. Put put on a pot of coffee. We're gonna be here a while. It's gonna be a late night. Um, it's like, honey, it's gonna be a late night at the office. I gotta count these. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next, we had uh, the monologue with uh, Rami Malik. You know, comes out. He's wearing a, a tie and a nice sweater vest. Looks like a, a nice mm. substitute teacher or like a handsome Peter Laurie. <laughs> he does look um, like a substitute teacher. That's a good call. Yeah, yeah. I just I just came up with that. Um, it, it talks about how he usually does dramatic roles but, and plays intense characters because he has a resting villain face and how he sympathizes with villains like he's Team Scar in The Lion King. He wants uh, Han- he wants that woman to just leave poor Hannibal Lecter alone. 
Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, he he kind of plays into the fact that yeah, I know what I look like. He kind of he mm-hmm. does have a very distinct look. He like, can look he can look creepy when he wants to. I yeah, think he, that's the nicest way to put it. Yeah, he kind of has like that uh, you know, Steve Buscemi, Michael Shannon type of quality where yeah, you, there is a Michael Shannon vibe. Yeah, like you see him and you're like, all right, he he's gonna play like a villain or some weird loner. Yeah. Or some unhinged, uh, like something if, or other. he just like flips that switch, and then suddenly he, oh, he looks really creepy. You know, yeah. he, he, he can get those those creepy eyes going. You know, creepy. They eyes. even had that in like one of the promos where he's like has a staring contest with Ego, and she's like, okay, you're a demon man. Yeah, uh, like honestly, like when he did that little creepy look, I kind of had to look away from the screen. Sure, <laughs> I was like, oh. Uh, I but, shivered. You know, I, I like this monologue. I thought it was pretty good. He's he's got a nice energy, and I feel like it's hard to not be on the guy's side. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, this was one of those monologues where he kind of gets you know, they, and I know it's a lot of the, especially a lot of the first time hosts have been doing this where they get very personal in the monologue. Yeah. They talk about their background. He talks about him growing up in the San Fernand San Fernando Valley in Cali. Mm-hmm. Uh, talks about the fact that his parents are uh, immigrants from Egypt. Uh, yeah. He, he has tw- his siblings, uh, like one's a teacher, one's an ER uh, doctor or nurse. I forget which. Uh, I think it was a doctor. He's the fact that he has a twin brother, which I never knew. I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought that was something he just made up for the gay. I don't think so. I think he actually he said, a- "I have a twin brother, and he'll be swapping places with me in one sketch tonight. You'll never know which one." It's like it could be him right now. No, so, it's me. It's me, Rami. Or yeah, is it? I don't. I, I I got the feeling that he doesn't legit have an identical twin. But well, now I got to look this up. I thought he really—he is a good actor. He made me think he had a twin brother. Let's go to the Google machines and and uh, look that up. But, you know, I, I thought that was—I thought it was a pretty good monologue. Yeah, and uh, I like that he dressed up. Yeah, he—that's he, uh, that's nice. Yeah, he does. Look, according to IMDb, he has an identical twin brother named Sammy or Sa- okay. Sammy, who is younger by four minutes, and he's a teacher. Oh, okay. Well, hey, there you go. See, he's such a good uh, actor that I thought he was he was joking. Imagine uh, having him as a like imagine having a teacher that looks just like Rami Malik. That's That would that would be funky. Yeah. That's like you got to have that homework on time. <laughs> and then you go out to the movies and the movie's starring somebody who looks exactly like your teacher. It's like, oh, I can't escape him. <laughs> he's everywhere. Well, okay. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, um, monologue. I liked it. It endeared me to the guy and mm-hmm. found him charming. I was like, "All right, thumbs up, Mister Malik. Thumbs up." Yeah, yeah. So we're getting off to a pretty good start, I think. Um, then we go into our first sketch, uh, Bug Assembly. Uh, this is what they called Burning Man for the Weird Kids. Uh, yeah. So basically, it's a it takes place in a middle school. Uh, we have Keenan as the principal. Um, Heidi as one of the teachers, and it's basically like the kids in the school dressing up as different types of insects, mm-hmm. and you know, talking and talk about you know what type of insect they, they are. They and... have to give little factoids about the insects they're dressed up as. We right. Get... So we got we a Andrew Dismukes is a praying mantis. Uh, Sarah Sherman is a ladybug. Uh, Rami as a stink bug, and Bowen Yang as Daddy Longlegs, who comes out and does a dance, a little techno music. Right, because, uh, yeah, so basically the sketch is all Bowen. He's making this sketch mm-hmm. go, because, like, they talk about him being a daddy long legs, and, of course, right. he gets very campy with it, saying, yes. you know, what does daddy long legs like to eat? 
boys, boys, boys. Right. And then it just breaks off into like a techno dance move and uh, the audience goes wild. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this sketch was basically the fallout from the iceberg bit he did on Update last year where it's mm. just like, let's put Bo in her wacky costume and, you know, have him be sassy gay guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, he does tend to go to that quite a bit. You know, something was something that'll actually happen later on this episode, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I mean, this that, this sketch definitely kind of, depending on how much you enjoy Bo and what he does, you'll enjoy this sketch quite a bit. Uh, I, you know, I, got a, I also got a little bit of a chuckle at the uh, fact that at one point when Bowen's doing like a dance movie, he like kind of goes down low on his knees and mm-hmm. pops back up. One of his legs fall off. <laughs> I don't think I noticed that. That's funny. Yeah, you can see it. Like one of the legs fall off the costume and Bowen kind of looks at it like, oh. Yeah. That's a, that's a think, bummer. Oh, well. I think like in, in and of itself, I think the sketch was pretty good. I just... I have a weird feeling about it because I feel like I don't, I don't want to see Bowen get pigeonholed, you know? Mm. Um, and cause I, I don't want to see him being just like, Oh, the, you know, the sassy gay guy who comes on and says outrageous things because I feel like he can do a lot more than that. And I don't want this to become a crutch for the show. You know, I see what you're saying. That, that, that yeah. does make sense. Cause there is a, a lot of that in this sketch. Like at one point, yeah. Uh, Keenan tries to talk to him, saying, "Hey, Russell, what are you doing here?" And he's and uh, he says, "Don't call me Russell. Call me Daddy Longlegs. Call me Daddy." Right. And then I think Heidi tries to call him Daddy Longlegs, and Bowen says, "I, I don't want that from you." <laughs> right, right, right. It's, it's very camp. This sketch is very camp. It was very camp, yeah, and uh, and yeah, and he does he does that well. I just I just want to see him continue to do other things on the show. I don't want to see him just get pegged. As that, if that makes sense. No, no, I understand. Like it is, yeah. I guess you know, it it, it it would be very easy to pigeonhole him as that because he does yeah. that very well. And I understand what you're saying. It's it's good to it's good to yeah. for him to like sort of do different things. It's like, yeah. hey, I mean, I'm not just this. I'm exactly, this, this. I mean, I definitely feel like we wouldn't have been seeing the sketch, or we wouldn't see the sketch in the same form if his iceberg bit on update didn't do so well it, it, i that went viral i'm pretty sure yeah no it definitely did like that yeah i mean i think that kind of like blew him up that was like his breakout yeah. role yeah like everybody was talking about that iceberg sketch the next day from what i remember yeah I, f- I feel like that's you know why people know his name and all that so i don't i don't want to see that in, become his entire identity on the show no fair enough fair enough yeah but uh, other than that, like I think the sketch was pretty good. I, I dug mm-hmm. it. Like it's he is he's very good at you know very charismatic at doing what he does at doing this. Just oh yeah, I mean Bowen he he's a guy who always delivers. I think in sketches. I mean you know whether he's he's playing the the straight uh, person in the sketch or you know he's the focus of the sketch. I think he he does that well. He can do. You know he's versatile. Yeah, so absolutely. I want to see him continue to be versatile. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so um, not a bad sketch. Uh, moving on to, uh, we got a pre-tape here, mm-hmm. uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Squid Game. Squid Game. Have you watched the Squid Game? I have uh, not. You have not, right? I have not. Okay, that, I want. Yeah, because I want to find out what you thought about it if you haven't seen it. I, I kind of seen it, but not really. Yeah. Uh, I, let me explain it. All right. So, um, my I haven't seen the whole thing all the way through. 
But my wife actually, she's obsessed with the show. She really loves this show. Okay. She actually got into it uh, weeks before it became a thing. Like she, you know, she was into it before it was big, and she so loved she, it. She's, she's a Squid Game hipster. Yes, very much so. Yeah, so she yeah. she loved it. She thought it was like amazing. She kept telling me to watch it, and but she warned me like, yeah, it's kind of it's pretty violent, very bloody, and very devastating, and it's really heartbreaking. But it's really right. well done and really good. But it's like you'll see, there's some moments in this show where it's like it'll really just like break your heart. And it'll, I was like, it'll wreck you. It will wreck you. Yeah, she's exactly. And I was like, I don't know if I want to see something that'll wreck me. You know, that's a weird thing I'm having now with whenever like there's a new show that's like the show that everybody's talking about, like uh, like like Squid Game or Tiger King or Queen's Gambit. I hear a little about it, and I'm just like, yeah, that doesn't really sound like something I particularly want to watch. Yeah, and, but you feel like you have to watch just to be like in the know, kind of. I don't know. I think I'm I'm fine with not going along with whatever the big zeitgeist thing is. I don't. Yeah. I, gu- I'm not, I guess I'm not so much of a joiner that I feel like I have to watch the thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I mean, I, I, we never saw Game of Thrones, and I, I feel fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, I I, I ended up not seeing because I didn't want to feel wrecked. But my wife kept on watching like all these uh, Squid Game, uh, you know, Easter egg videos and like you know reaction oh, yeah. videos. Oh, so she went hardcore into it. Yeah, like reaction videos and like videos about like you know what this means and what that means. Like you know, and I watched some of those too, so I was able to sort of piece together the whole show and what happens through that. <laughs> That's always fun. You kind of reconstruct it from like yeah. what what's entered the public. Uh, discourse about it yeah but like now it's the show's at this point where everybody's seen it and everybody's talked about how amazing it is so like now i feel like well should i just watch go ahead and watch this but like now it's a thing where if i do watch it i don't want my wife to be like oh so when i told you to watch it you didn't want to see it but now the whole world loves <laughs> but it when ray from work tells you <laughs> exactly so like i know what squid game's about i haven't seen the it the whole thing through but like i I know okay. the I know the premise and uh, so it, it sounds like you went into this with a lot more knowledge than I did. So right, like I mean, I, I can mean, break my, it down for you if you want. Well, my, my I mean, I, I kind of got the gist of it from the sketch. I think. Okay. Well, what what do you think? It's uh, the well, show? I mean, they're they're playing this game for this huge cash prize, but it's like this deadly game, and it's you know, like you said, it's violent and it's vicious, and there are twists and turns and um, all that. Yeah, basically. I mean, I, yeah, my basic reaction to the sketch was just like, oh, okay, well, I'm sure this is a lot funnier if you know the Squid Game. Yeah, I think, um, th- oh yeah, well, back to the sketch. Yeah, so, um, yeah, this is a sketch where if you don't know anything about the Squid Game or you haven't seen it or you haven't even heard of it, which, I mean, mm-hmm. some, like, I I don't think this will hit for you at all. Which, yeah, you need that context. Right, like, uh, and also uh, something else I've learned out about, because, like, I noticed there was this one guy in, oh, all right, well, maybe we should talk about the sketch. So, basically, it's a... Uh, Pre-tape, Pete Davidson, he's singing in this sort of country song. Uh, this, right. He's singing this country song. Rami Malek is singing it along like with him. It was like half country, half rap almost, you know? Yeah. Oh, this is another thing I found out. So you probably noticed there was like a third guy in this sketch who uh, had a tracksuit 101. He kind of had like longish hair and like a mustache, like a, a big, uh-huh. white, big white guy. And they kind of focused on him quite a bit. And I was like, who is that guy? He's somebody we should know. Apparently... This whole song was based on a song by a um, a rapper called Big Wet, <laughs> who is a country country trap singer, and he wow. made the, okay. he made the song uh, with uh, another artist, Branches, 
called Turn Up on the Weekend. And if you go look it up and you hear it. You're just says, making this up, aren't you? I, I swear I'm not. I swear I'm not. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm in Harold. Of course I am. No. Yeah. <laughs> I have a twin brother. No. Like, yes, and. <laughs> but no, it's a song called Turn Up on the Weekend by B- Branches and Big Wet. And if you listen to the verses and like how they're singing, it sounds exactly like this song, the Squid Game song. So they sort of oh okay okay. So, so they sort of took that song, put it into this video about the Squid Game, and they put Big Wet in it. So that's Big Wet. Well, that's something that that Pete seems to do in a lot of his uh, you know uh, rap pre tapes, where he's he's kind of like riffing on a current song, like when he did uh, Tucci Game or when he did the song about the NFTs to the tune of. Uh, Without me by uh, Eminem. Eminem. Yeah, I guess that's his thing. Like whatever song is in his uh, Spotify that he's listening to a lot. <laughs> this is what Pete's listening to this week. <laughs> like, oh, we should do a song about this Fleetwood Mac joint. <laughs> Pete should just drop a playlist every week. <laughs> if you look at Pete Davidson's playlist, you'd be like, all right, that's going to be a sketch. That's going to be a sketch. Right, right, right. And uh, but yeah, so basically, like, if you haven't seen Squid Game. Because, like, basically in this sketch, it just basically kind of tells what happens in Squid Game verbatim, pretty right. much. Um, well, I, I'm imagining, I, I'm assuming that the twist of him, he, like, wins the Squid, Pete's character wins the Squid Game, and then he, and then he takes all the money he won, and he bets it all on the Jets. So he loses it all, and he has to play the Squid Game again. I'm assuming that was not a thing that was in the show. No, they did not mention, <laughs> this Korean drama does not mention the Jets, the New York Jets in any way right right at all. uh but and that's the other thing i know about the squid game is I've, I've seen like a few inspirational memes of like well this person came up with a squid game 10 years ago when they were destitute and working as a grocery clerk or whatever and then and now it's the biggest show ever and so don't give up on your dreams yeah and i've also seen people yeah. sort of take the unless, other unless unless it's you because your dreams are stupid Yes, and, of know. course. Of course, everybody yeah. knows that. Well, don't strive for better, people. Yeah, no, don't. But I've also seen people take that, you know, and take it the other way. It was like, no, this makes me, you know, more depressed than ever. It's like he had this great idea, but like the industry just wasn't hearing it because maybe it wasn't trending at the time or right, it, right. whatever. Yeah, so, the system doesn't isn't geared to recognize new original material. Right, and then you got he had to like sell his laptop or something in order to make ends meet. So you got to like, oh right, yes, yes, I heard that. I I remember seeing that. Yeah, so you got to do all these things just to make ends meet, and you know, it just by chance, it, it just one thing just happened to work out. Like that doesn't make me feel hopeful at all. I have to like, life my... is arbitrary. <laughs> <laughs> Squid uh, game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like uh, I guess maybe I'll. I, I, I don't know. I guess everybody the takeaway from this sketch was like, go watch Squid Game in order to understand the <laughs> sketch. Go watch it. I don't know. You know, do, do I want to appreciate this sketch more than I did? Mm, not particularly. Yeah, I mean, uh, from what I've heard, a lot of people say them it's a really good, um, it's a really good TV show. It's a good allegory for you know capitalism, the have and the have uh-huh. nots, and there's a lot of like symbolism about you know. It's, it's ba- a lot of people are also saying it's basically a battle royale. If you've seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a, I don't know. You really need to see Squid Game in order to understand this sketch. And even when you do see Squid Game, the sketch is like, okay. It's, <laughs> it's not great. Okay. So yeah, uh, I think we were both kind of okay on this one. Yeah. It's like, all right. The catchy yeah. song. I'll give it that, but sure, sure. yeah, nothing too great. Um, next we had, this was, this was kind of a weird one. This was a uh, Prince auditions, uh, 
this was the premise of this is Jordan Peele. Chris Red is Jordan Peele. He's directing a new Prince biopic. And <laughs> it got off to a weird start because like they literally say, What do you think, Jordan Peele? <laughs> what do you think, Jordan Peele? director of the film get out and us <laughs> and i was just like really you don't have a more organic way to introduce that he's playing jordan peele because <laughs> who outside of us starting this episode of the podcast uses both your first and last name when addressing somebody yeah i'm pretty much i'm pretty sure that's a sign of a psychopath <laughs> yes exactly um uh, but but they they can't settle between the two the final two candidates for their Prince biopic movie. So they bring in the last two actors, uh, Keenan and Rami, and they decide to have have them have a Prince off, which is just Prince reacting to various things while they they play that little riff from his song Kiss. You know, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So it's like basically like, all right, you're Prince and you. Uh, stepped on a Lego, and it's biddly diddly diddly diddly. Ow! Yeah. And then, or you're a prince, and you just got shot. Biddly diddly diddly diddly. Ow! You're a prince, and you just premature ejaculated. And yeah. Like that was one they did. They're, they're running through all these very specific scenarios, but they're always always using that that riff from Kiss. Yeah, and like I thought this part was like, hmm, all right. I mean, yeah. Uh. And and uh, Keenan, he's decked out as like Purple Rain era prince. And Rami is like a later era, like early '90s Prince. I yeah, guess. like the New Power Generation, I believe. Yeah, maybe like like, like Diamond Sign and Pearl. Of the Times. Was that is that around the right uh, time frame? Yeah, I would say that maybe Diamond and Pearls era yeah. Prince. It, it's not it's not as iconic of a Prince outfit, but but Rami he looks a fair amount like Prince. Yeah. So then, uh, so after they do the little Prince off, they decide to give it the role to Keenan. Oh, and then another thing: Keenan and Rami are playing themselves. Uh, yes. They give the role to Keenan. Which we don't find out until like halfway through the sketch. Yeah, that was a nice little surprise. Yeah. And I think they agree while Rami does look more like Prince and Keenan does not look anything like Prince, uh, right. they decided to give it to Keenan because he's black and you can't have a white guy playing Prince. Rami mentioned. Like, oh, thank you very much. And, and Rami yeah. kind of tries to protest that. And he's like, hey, my parents are from Egypt, which is in Africa. And they're like, ah, yeah, no. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and, and they were like, you know, oh yeah, we we got to cast this right because you know this thing has a twist, and and they say, oh, let me guess, it turns into a horror movie about racism, and, and Jordan Peele just Chris Redd is Jordan Peele just goes, okay, lucky guess, <laughs> and then we get a cameo just bursting in. It's a uh, Daniel Craig who comes James in, James Bond his own self walks on in there, ba ba uh, and he's he's auditioning for the prince. He's he's basically dressed like Hamlet, you know. Right. Um, I actually didn't recognize Daniel Craig at first because he's wearing uh, like a, a a hat with a you know a big, not quite a beret, but like you know one of those Shakespearean oh. type hats with a feather in it. Raspberry beret. There it is. Yeah. yeah. There I you go. Find in the secondhand store. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, I know you're talking way, about. By the way, just quickie recommendation: Warren Zevon's cover of Raspberry Beret kicks all kinds of ass. Go, go, Google that. Really? Hmm. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Done. He, he did that with uh, three members of REM as a backing band. Ooh. Yeah. I've not heard of this. All right. Yes. Uh, they called themselves the Hindu Love Gods. Okay. Uh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, just, just a little thing when you're you're on the YouTubes. 
Go all right. Uh, hot hot uh, John Trumbull recommendation, guys. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, hot recommendation from the mid eighties. That's so, right. You know, I am I am hip to the music of today. Uh, now we know what's on his on uh, John's uh, Spotify. That's right. That's right. I'm dropping my playlist after this after we finish recording this podcast. But yeah, the sketch ends. They they just give the part to Daniel Craig because he's James Bond. Right. Um. um yeah. This. I, it, I don't know. It seems like they were writing the sketch as it was going. It seems like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It feels like it's yeah. I can kind of see that. It was it was very random. Yeah, it's a very random sketch. Like it's like like the first. I mean, all right, so the the whole idea of a prince audition. All right, that's a fine enough premise. But then they had the little yeah. prince off. That was just them kind of riffing on the kiss thing. We, and as we the, have Jordan Peele in there for some reason. Because I guess they were like, well, who would be directing the the Prince biopic? Oh, Jordan Peele. Yeah, and so then they kind of took a like a kind of like a shot at Jordan Peele and right. his, his movies, and then it kind of became about like a race thing, and then right. Daniel Craig just burst in at the end of it. I, I did like the randomness of Daniel Craig's cameo. You know, one I I think it's cool because apparently, like you know, he and uh, Rami Malek really hit it off when they were shooting the Bond movie together. And I love that, like, because Daniel Craig is done with James Bond, we're just seeing Daniel Craig being goofy now. Yeah. I mean, we, I think we've, he's, he's, we're starting to see him be goofy. Like, in Knives Out, he, yeah. was, he wasn't goofy in Knives Out, but uh, goofy. Yeah, but, but he, a more whimsical side. But I think we're really seeing it on, like, this James Bond press tour. I've watched, like, a few interviews with him. He's much looser. He's much funnier. He, and he's got like a nice dry wit. Yeah, and like I just like Daniel Craig just does not give an F. <laughs> he's like whatever, it's over. Like after after the press tour of of uh, Spectre, he was like, oh, I'd rather crush this glass and slash my wrist than do another Bond film. And now he's just like, hey, I'm done. Let's let's party. Let's have some fun, man. Let's go crazy. Who's got the who's got the vermouth? Let's go nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I'm just really digging that. Yeah, like I have noticed he has, I think he is sort of getting more into the comedic side of things. Like, uh, yeah. I didn't see that movie, uh, Logan Lucky, the one, uh, the Soderbergh film. But Yeah, I, he did that with uh, Adam Driver, yeah. Yeah, the Steven Soderbergh film, where but right. I, I hear he's pretty funny in that. And uh, yeah, Knives Out, he's pretty funny. Like, I think we're going to see the, the more comedic side of Daniel Craig in the coming years. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be an exciting time for him, because, I mean, he's... You know, he, he's been James Bond. He's always going to be James Bond. But now he just gets to have fun and do basically whatever he wants, you know? That's right. This is The, the shackles are off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, I think the, like, the James Bond actors, I think they're even, like, legally prohibited from wearing, like, tuxedos in other movies. Really? They don't want him to play on the James Bond image too much. Uh, I, you know, like, while they're doing Bond, of course. I guess. That seems he a can little... Pro- he can probably do it now. Okay, all right. <laughs> oh, you mean in the movie? You don't mean like just in real life? Like he can't go. I think I think he's allowed to wear tuxedos in life. Yeah. Okay. IRL. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want. They... I, don't, I don't think the contracts are that bad. Maybe back in Connery's day, <laughs> he's like, "But no, I'm going to a wedding, you guys." <laughs> Sorry, like, we don't care, Sean Connery. <laughs> Did you read the fine print, Sean? <laughs> he's like, "Damn it! <laughs> Damn it to hell! Damn it, Trebek!" <laughs> Uh, uh, but, uh yeah but yeah, this, this like you said this was very uh, very random very ra- yeah the sketch i was very like, all over the place much like our commentary on this sketch indeed indubitably 
Uh, so next up, we got uh, we got a little game show sketch. We got Celeb School. Celeb School Game Show. Uh, this is uh, Keenan hosting as Bert Simpson, and they he's got two contestants uh, played by Punky, and uh, the other one was Dismukes. Uh, Dismukes. Thank you. Um, yeah, I wanted to say Chris Red, but I was like, no, he was in the he was in the, okay. He was Wheezy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we had we had a classroom of celebs. Yeah, I mean, this uh, sketch had, is basically just an excuse to for people to do their impressions. Big impression off. We got uh, Mikey Day as John Oliver. We got Chloe Feynman as Jennifer Coolidge. Strong impressions there. Yeah, I've noticed um, more and more people are doing like Jennifer Coolidge impressions these days. That's becoming more of a thing. Yeah, I think um, I think we're living in a Coolidge essence. She was in the. Uh, uh, Oh, what was what was that, that show about the resort? I'm blanking on the name of it. Uh, the White Lotus. Thank you, White Lotus. Yeah, and I know I think she got some buzz from that. So I think yeah, jo- Jennifer Coolidge is back in the public consciousness. And you know, I know from reading that Chris Kattan biography uh, a couple of years ago that, uh, that he and Jennifer Coolidge used to date. Ooh, well, yeah. d- well done, sir. Yeah. All right. It, it apparently was very important in in uh, Chris Kattan's biography for us to know that he has game. I, I can see that. I, I, yeah. I understand it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's very, chapter six. I dated Jennifer Coolidge. Big I'm boy. heterosexual, you guys. <laughs> chapter seven. It's like, why is it chapter, chapter six only a page? It's just, <laughs> it's, it just says. It's literally one sentence. What the hell? <laughs> like, I, all right. It's his book. Um, that we, we also have, uh, Adam driver. Um, <laughs> I like they said, you know, his his voice has changed to protect his identity because, yeah, Adam Driver's voice seems a little too deep for him. Oh, it is. It is Barry White, baby. It is, yeah. it is so deep. But, you know, another another nice impression by our new uh, cast member. Uh, Jadge. Jadge. Yeah. Right. James, James Austin. Texas. Yes. <laughs> too many first names. Yes. Too many. I'm just going to say it's just like, you know. Have two, and then yeah. a last name. Yeah, come on, man. Get with it. Yeah. Uh, we also have Melissa doing her awesome Kristen Wiig impression. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had um, we had Bowen do a great George Takei, or Takei. Was it a great George Takei? I, it was just him in a deep voice, so I, I just said it was great. Was it not? I, I you're you're the Star Trek kind of, man. You're the Star Trek I, man. I, I, I thought like, it was kind of mediocre, you know? Honestly, I, just, I, do th- I do think it's weird that we have two underwhelming impressions of star trek cast members in one episode oh my <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm george okay you hear that guys yeah see it's an easy yeah. one harold uh, we, we had we had chris red as little wayne <laughs> yeah <laughs> we did uh you know it's just chris red mumbling some stuff all drunkenly right. and then and then this is an odd one we have pete davidson playing rami malik who, who's dressed like him as he was in the monologue which was a nice touch uh, and then we have Rami Malek playing Pete because they they look alike apparently. Right. Yeah. I guess people have been saying this for a while, and like, I guess they kind of do, but I don't think it's enough. I to... mean, I could see it when they dressed up as each other and they yeah. did a nice job playing each other. That was that was fun. Yeah. Um. I didn't. I got a kick out of Rami's impression of Pete Davidson because I don't know. To me, it seemed like he was just doing an impression of Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. Anybody else? <laughs> It's like, yo, Rami Malik, Mr. White. Well, I mean, is is there much of a difference between Pete Davidson <laughs> and Breaking Bad? 
<laughs> Not really. It's a very fine line between the two. Yeah, yeah. A thin line. Yo, Pete Davidson, bitch. It's like, you know, if if uh, if Jesse was big into the pot instead of the, the meth, he'd be Pete Davidson, let's face it. I could see that, yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, and there's not too much to this sketch. There's no real big twist. It's, they just kind of play it as like a regular game show, and they all do the impressions. Uh, the sketch is like yeah. seven minutes long, which I, was a little it too was, long. It was a long sketch. Uh, I I felt like we had too many people in the sketch. Basically, we didn't we didn't need eight impressions in this because it took. I I looked at, when I was rewatching this on YouTube. I looked at the time. It took two and a half minutes just to introduce everyone, and that's like a third of a sketch. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I mean, yeah. I mean, Mikey Day's John Oliver. I thought it was okay, but I don't know if it was. You could have cut him out. And uh, I liked his John Oliver impression. I'd like to see him do John Oliver again because I thought the writing was strong on that, and mm. I I feel like it was a good impression. Okay. I thought uh, I thought Chloe's uh, uh, Jennifer Coolidge was great. I thought um, uh, James's uh, Adam, Adam Driver, Driver was great. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot, but I think I, I see yeah. what you mean. But still, we, it's like you said, like we spent two minutes just introducing everybody and then yeah. getting into the I don't, meat of I don't sketch. think we needed Takei or Little Wayne because I don't think they added much of anything. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, yeah. I, I think we could have slimmed down those celebrities yeah, uh, just you know, a little the Christian bit. Wig, the impression was fine, but it was just kind of out of nowhere, not much reason to be there. Yeah, it's a good impression. I mean... That's, yeah, I like yeah. I just, I just thought that all the... Putting everybody in the sketch just made it very muddled and random, you know? Yeah, no, fair enough. And, yeah, the fact that, like, I didn't even notice it was... I, I felt it was a little too long, but I didn't know it was seven minutes long. I was like, oh, they should have chopped this down a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, half the cast members, half the time, it would have been a stronger sketch. Like, you know, like I, I'd say, like, focus on John Oliver, Jennifer Coolidge, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Adam Driver... Or make it about Rami and Pete playing each other. You don't need both things. Yeah, I thought there would be more to that, them playing each other. Like, maybe yeah. them breaking the fourth wall and being like, hey, man, what are you doing? I don't talk like that. Mm-hmm. Or so, I, I thought something would have happened there, but it never really did. Yeah, I mean, just because we're doing so many different characters, you don't really get to develop it too much. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought the sketch was okay. Um, but yeah, it, sh- it should have been uh, shortened up a bit. It's reach kind of exceeded its grasp, I think. You know? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay. Right, next we have our musical guest for the week, uh, Young Thug. Uh, his first number was called uh, TikTok. Um, I saw some people on YouTube uh, talking. They were saying like, oh, this is censored. So I guess the, the actual song is more explicit. Oh, is it? I mean, is it, is, I guess. It, is it longer? Did they censor it so much that it's only a two-minute song? I don't know. I mean, I thought I thought this number rocked, but it was way too short. It was, it was less than two minutes, so yeah. it's over before I knew it. It's like a Ramon like, song. Yeah, exactly. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Yeah, like, he started, and I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm digging this. And then literally before I knew it, I hardly had time to write that on my phone, and then it just... Oh, it's over. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. Like, I wrote down, oh, Young Thug. Oh, that's uh, on the drums. That's Travis Barker from Blink-182. Right. And by the time I wrote that down and looked up, the song was over. I was like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy fast. Uh, it's good. I liked it. I rewatched it. Uh, it's good stuff. I just would have liked a little more. Yeah, it's like a comedian who gives his time back to the room after a set. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly it's like uh well that's that's all i got uh have a good night everybody yeah. uh and uh well and the second be funny if a, if a musical guest just thought okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give my time back to the show <laughs> tip your waitresses follow me on twitter thanks guys <laughs> Uh, and his second number was called More Than Anything. Um, yes, and he did this song. Oh, I think it's, I thought it was called Love You More. Well, I saw it listed as More Than Anything on on YouTube, but I, I saw it listed as Love You More on uh, uh, the Entertainment Weekly Breakdown. So oh, well, somebody. I don't know what to think. Somebody's somebody's wrong. I'm here. assuming the show got it right, so I'm assuming it's called More Than Anything, but who knows? Uh, so you hear that at Timmy Weekly? You done fucked up. <laughs> Well, you know, he's he's doing like a live blogging thing, so yeah, yeah, I yeah, I know. Hey, hey, Andy, how's it going? Just, Hi, just, Andy. just have a little fun, and uh, uh, yeah, he he did this song, uh, "Love You More" with um, a rapper named uh, Gunna, <laughs> and uh, Nate Ruiz from the band Fun. Remember Fun? Yeah, yeah. Was was Nate Ruiz the the guest vocalist, or was the or was it Gunna? Uh, I think it was. Well, Gunna was he was the dude in the pink laying on the piano. Okay, and then Nate Ruse was the other dude next to him you know, singing. The, the blonde guy, the blo- yeah, the white guy. Okay, because <laughs> I was like, "All right, there's this white, there's this white blonde guy guest vocalist, and I'm almost certain that guy is not Young Thug." Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> Young Thug, if I remember correctly from those fewer than two minutes I saw, black guy. <laughs> I'm not a betting man, but I don't think. That's young. I, I didn't really get a good fix on his face, but I'm I'm pretty certain black dude. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, yeah. So that was uh, Nate Ruse from the band Fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this song was okay. I, I thought both songs yeah. were all right. And then I feel like the first one was stronger. Um, but yeah, but uh, I, I liked them both. Yeah, yeah, not bad. So uh, so far, not not a bad first half of the show, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Thumbs up. Um, next we have the weekend update with, uh, let's see, let me see, uh, Colin Jost and Michael Che. Che. Oh, not familiar Shea. with them. No, okay. No. I <laughs> uh, hope he's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, what, what we I think the first thing that really got me, I, like Che had a nice joke. <sighs> there, there's a report about uh, coronavirus causing infertility and Che just goes, see, it's not all bad. That's a good one. Yeah, Jay, Che had some good zingers. He had that joke about Joe Biden uh, being 22 minutes late to most events he's attending. And what makes it even worse is that he's doing it to appeal to black voters. Thank you for that joke that I cannot repeat. <laughs> uh, there was that. And oh, uh, Che also had a really good joke, um, that Ronald Reagan joke he had about like the Ronald Reagan compound being on fire. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, with... Um... And Republicans are are pouring water on a hill and hoping it'll trickle down to put out the fire. The audience like applauded. I was like, "Ah, oh, trickle down jokes that that still works in that this day and age." Terrific joke, man! It's like, well done. Um, joke. We need more jokes about how un- uh, stupid and ineffective trickle down economics is. Right on, brother. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I liked uh, when Joe was saying, "Like, oh, hey, you think the the coaches' emails were bad?" Look at the emails that Jay sends me with the perfect <laughs> line. Listen up, honky. <laughs> uh, I hope to God those were real emails I, I, that Jay sends shows, and I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, like if if he did actually send emails like that, I'd be like, 
Yeah, that's that's that tracks. That's on brand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because he literally tr- always tries to get the hashtag cancel Joe's trending. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, that's classic Che. And and the the body of the email reads, "I wish they got you instead of Harambe." Like, damn, <laughs> it's cold blooded, Mister Che. That's harsh. Uh... Uh, I also like the one joke that uh, J- Colin Jost had about the um. The logistical, them having delays with um, uh, shipping things from the from the U.S. to China because the coronavirus. That, yeah, like the, it takes them double the time to ship things over to China. And, and he suggests we try bats. Yeah, and because the audience groans at that. Yeah, and like he before he even says the punchline, they're like, "Oh!" And then he says, "Hey, just hear me out because you know the last time the bats carried something, it got everywhere real quick." And then they were like, oh, all right. And, but they still kind of yeah. groan. And Ch- I wasn't nuts about that personally, but okay. Yeah, even Joe's was like, oh, is it a pro bat crowd? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good comeback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, first uh, death segment, we got uh, Bone Yang again. Bone's been having a big show this, uh, this episode. Yeah, yeah, he's in a lot. Yeah, and uh, so basically the setup for this one is they talk about how uh, Timothy Chalamet is playing Willy Wonka. In a uh, yeah. prequel to Charlie and the Chocolate or, Factory, or as John Mulaney refers to him in one of his stand-up specials, this Timothy Chalamet son of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that is how I think of him now. As you do, as you do, and yeah, and, and he's he's playing Willy Wonka in a new movie because you know that's what we need is a new Willy Wonka but movie. Finally, and, <laughs> the origin and, stories of Willy Wonka. I've been I've been up all night. I'll take things I've never ever wanted to hear about for five hundred, Alex. <laughs> uh, how did Willy Wonka get the way he is? Hmm. I, I think it might go something like this. <laughs> I mean, we have Cruella out. Why not just Willy? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, and uh, 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 yeah, but but he's apparently you know Timothy Chalamet. There's a picture of him as Willy Wonka. He's kind of a fancy lad, um, <laughs> so they're calling him Twink Wonka. Right. And uh, then they say here to comment on this is a proud gay Oompa Loompa. And they wheel out Bowen dressed as an Oompa Loompa. And um, then two things kind of happen here where yeah, uh, Bowen as the Oompa Loompa, he was prepared to talk about the working conditions at the Wonka factory. But right. because he's introduced by Colin as a proud gay Oompa Loompa, like he has to, yeah. he has to say, hey, Everybody doesn't know I'm gay. You just outed me. So like now yeah, he's, he's kind of like, juggling two things at once. And he's like, well, now I guess I have to call my parents. And he's like, you know, Oompa Loompa Land is not terribly progressive. They just got Will and Grace. So they're right. a little behind the times. It's like it's going to be a whole conversation now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I liked his line about um, like when he starts ranting about Willy Wonka and working for Willy Wonka, I liked the line about, you know, oh, we have to rehearse the little song and dance we do when a child dies. <laughs> I liked that. Yeah, I mean, as far I mean, this this segment, I thought it was okay, but it, it did kind of take me a minute because, like, at one minute he's talking about being outed, and then he has to hop to, over to the working conditions at, you know, the Wonka factory. And then he right. has to like, hop back over to being gay. It's like, he's kind of juggling two topics at the same time and i was like i i didn't mind that and i thought i thought bowden played it well um i also liked at the end where he's like encouraging colin to come out or and he also was like 
Well, wait, wait, what made you identify me as gay? Like, do I, am I giving off that vibe? And and Colin's like, well, you have a lot of product in your hair. <laughs> and and Bowen instantly comes back with like, oh, and you just roll out of bed like that. Yeah, he's yeah. Colin Joe says he's made up real nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a headshot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't you don't marry Scarlett Johansson by looking like a bag of crap. Oh Lord, no! You comb your hair. Yes. <laughs> when you when yes. you approach her, you know you take a yeah, sh- you, you you don't get a black widow with that head. No, no, you you, you get you take a shave and a shower, my friend. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I mean, Bowen again knocked it out the park. I thought he was mm-hmm. you know a lot of funny lines in there. Like he talks about how yeah Willy Wonka he doesn't he doesn't know how to he doesn't know how to make chocolate. He never touched the machinery. He's an idea man. Right. It, it kind of reminded right. me of that old like um. That Bill Burr joke, I don't know if it was a Bill Burr joke or if he said it on Conan where he, Bill Burr basically says, yeah, like, is Steve Jobs, like, the genius we all think he is? Or is he just a guy who had ideas and told his people to, to do uh-huh. to do his bidding for him? Like, I thought he was taking that angle about it, which I thought was funny. Yeah, yeah. I think that still counts as a Bill Burr joke. Yeah, all right. That's a Bill Burr you know, joke. Yeah, the, the desk material, that's still jokes. Yeah, all right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Overall, I I enjoyed this little segment. That was pretty uh, um, pretty tight. Oh, it, Colin had a nice line because, uh, like, in the news this week, this was blown up on my Twitter because it's in the comic sphere. Um, they announced that uh, DC Comics announced that the new uh, Superman, who's Clark Kent's son, is is bisexual. And Colin had a nice line. They said they also announced that the Riddler has always been down for whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, that seems right. <laughs> that tracks. That tracks. That tracks. Yeah, I, I I don't recall the Riddler ever having like a girlfriend. So yeah, I think I think the sexuality is ambiguous there. Fluid. <laughs> yeah, um, he is pansexual. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we had another uh, death segment with Chris Red talking about important, unimportant things. Yeah, this uh, part, like at the beginning of it, I didn't know where it was going, and I was like. I don't know about. I, I don't think anyone was supposed to know where it was going. <laughs> okay, all right, it's not just me then. Yeah, because yeah. like it, it, it's basically Chris Red kind of talking about unimportant things, like he's talking about blimps, like mm-hmm. who flies them? Are we sure blimps are even real? And yeah. so, like at the beginning, I was like, "Where is this going?" And then yeah. they had Che jump in and be like, "Hey, man, why are you talking about blimps? This, you know, we're this isn't what we agreed you would be talking about. You're supposed to be talking about that other thing you said." The last time the you were last time you were here, and then it comes out that they were talking about at the end of a segment Chris Red did in February of 2020. He says, like, real quickly, as like they're signing off, he says, "Black people can't get the coronavirus." Right. I think once that hit, I was like, "Oh, okay, I see what they were doing here." But I mean, up until that point, I was enjoying it. It was like it was basically like Chris Red talking about other things other than the thing. That they wanted him to talk about, like he was kind of right. he was def- deflecting. He's, he's trying to avoid the subject, which, um, I I get what they were going for, but I just thought it was weird when they got to what the subject was because I was like, okay, whoa, you're going back to February of last year. Yeah, who the f even remembers? That? I don't remember yesterday. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it was like the 10 p.m. rerun this week was was Daniel Craig show from from last March, and I was watching this, and I was like, "This feels like a million years ago." <laughs> so February of last year, that feels like a million and one years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, I did. Like, lo- 
I mean, I did like uh, Chris Red's kind of his non sequiturs uh-huh. bringing up other things like talking about, you know, uh, Superman's son being bisexual and saying, hey, why would I care about that? Why would I, you know, he's he's a fictional character. This isn't worth right. getting worked up about. Like, why would I care about a stencil, dog? And right. you know, yeah. and him saying, That's "Hey, yeah," and him saying, "Hey, Colin, can I smoke weed at your house?" Like a lot, a lot of those things got chuckled out of me. But I was like, "Where is this going?" And then it's like what you said. He hit with the them showing footage yeah. of him on the uh, the episode. If you want to go back and watch it, it's from February 29th, twenty twenty. It's uh, the John Mulaney David Byrne episode where, oh. yeah, yeah, where Chris Red says after his segment, like as they're applauding him off, saying, "Hey, black people can't get coronavirus." Yeah, like, I, I, it's just. That part, that revelation didn't really hit for me because I didn't remember that at all. Me neither. No one does. I mean, I like I'll remember if they come on Weekend Update to address something controversial, like like when Pete Davidson uh, made a crack about uh, Dan Crenshaw, who who wears an eye patch, and he was like, "Oh, he looks like the hitman in a porn movie," and <laughs> and like Dan Crenshaw came on, and he was like, you know, because like he lost his eye during his middle military service, and he it was. Oh, you're belittling my service, and this was before everyone knew what a fucking scumbag Dan Crenshaw is. Ooh, <laughs> um, oh boy! You know, like there we're addressing it the last, the next week, so it's like fresh in people's minds. But here, I was just like, I don't remember that, and if you hadn't brought it up, I never would have. <laughs> I feel like this. Yeah, it. I feel like this is something like maybe an intern kind of had to do an assignment and look through old footage for something and just came I mean, across did this it. Blow up on the internet somehow this week No, it, no, it just came out of, no one remembers this. I, just, I mean it's uh it's so yeah, it was just so weird and random. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny to, in hindsight to hear that now, but yeah, you, yeah. like no one rem- like if if you didn't make a sketch about it, no one would have remembered it at all. Yeah, it, it was February 29th. Who the f knew? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Who knew? Oh, no. We were all living our lives, no mask, you know, our face in the wind, going outdoors, all fancy free. I did a show on March 15th. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was it was late enough that I was like, should I be doing this? I don't know if I should be doing this. But, you know, that, that was like two weeks later. Uh, and I did that. So, yeah, nobody knew anything. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I thought the sketch was, was all right. I mean, Chris Red, he's he's likable and he's funny enough to carry this. I, yeah, I, I got a yeah. kick out of it. Yeah, it was. It was good, but it was just weird, <laughs> you know. Random, yeah, it it, just very meandering. I thought, you okay. know, uh, by design, of course. But of course. And uh, next up, we got a hypnotist, uh, mm-hmm. Linus Minus, uh, no relation to John Minus, and no. uh, we and uh, Roy uh, Linus Minus is played by Mikey Day. Roy is his volunteer, played by uh, Keenan Thompson. Oh, I've heard of him. Yeah, he's he's been around. He's done a few things. Yeah, he and and Roy is a security guard at SNL and. Yeah, uh, Linus Minus puts him under, and he, he's like, oh, I got him a little too rea- relaxed because Roy wet his pants. Yes. And he says, all right, um, when you wake up, uh, you'll, and he woke him up from the trance, and of course he was immediately upset. Like, hey, why the hell are my pants wet? He immediately puts him right back to sleep. <laughs> right. And then he, he tries to make it so he's okay with his wet pants, and then he's like, oh, hey, oh, this this happened because I have a thing going on with Zendaya. Um. Yeah, I thought this just was a weird, weak bit to end update on, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think this is one... Again, this is one of those things where it's up to the uh, cast members to really elevate the material. Like, if you really like uh-huh. seeing Keenan do his thing and Mikey do his thing, you'll like this a little bit more. 
and I, I thought I thought this yeah I thought it was all right. Um, you know, Mike. You know, Mikey's so good at being a straight man, and Keenan's just so good at being Keenan. Like they they're, they're able to elevate it a little bit and make it you know make it pop a little bit, and it yeah. is nice. You know, sort of a silly, fun type of little death segment. But yeah, I thought it was okay. I, I personally, I would have ended with the Oompa Loompa thing on the death segment because I thought that was by far the strongest of the three. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I could see that. I like, might. I might even cut one personally. But all right. Yeah. This three, three death segments is a lot. Yeah. This weekend update was a little bit longer than usual. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I'll. I'll. Uh, I'll look. I'll look at the numbers. But this. This felt a little bit. Uh, heftier than than normal yeah could be could be it, it, it was jam-packed yeah but uh, other than that weekend update not not bad not bad not too bad yeah uh, pretty solid overall um i i felt like the death segments could have been a little more but uh, particularly those last two but you know whatever yeah i hear you uh um, next up mattress store mattress store this is uh uh rami and Aidy bryant who we hadn't really seen much of it in the show up until this point uh, there, there are a couple. They're testing out mattresses at a store called Sleepy Town USA, mm-hmm. and they're they're torn between two mattresses. They're trying to decide, and and, and uh, Bowen is uh, the the straight guy in the sketch uh, is like playing the the guy trying to help them, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're an odd couple. <laughs> yeah, so like basically they're like, oh, let's try out these mattresses. Um, Eighty lays down on a mattress, and then I think Rami explains, yeah, you know, sometimes I come home late at night after work so right. and like when i get in bed i wake her up so like you know just want to make right. sure this match is okay so it's, they they test out that. And, then, and then they stage a mock fight where she's like you you reek of vermouth and whores <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um it's, it's basically a lot of that like them sort of recreating what would happen if this was actually their bed right. um you know them getting into f- passive aggressive fights, like them saying, "Oh, very specific fights." Too. Yeah, like uh, eighty saying, "You, you know, you made a fool of yourself at the party. You kept talking to Angela, Am- Angela, and Angela's a bitch." And right, and then Rami just saying, "Am I on trial here, you nagging shrew?" Right, right. Uh, there, there's a cool throwaway line where eighty just says, "Like, oh, you you spend three thirds of your life in bed," and Bowen's like, "I'm positive I didn't say that," <laughs> and he's. He's just trying to endure this weird couple as best he can. I, I like what Bowen did in this. Yeah, I won't. Uh, like, uh, they get on another mattress and they 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 start to initiate sex, but then Eddie's like, oh, I'm tired. So then Rami's like, oh, I'm going to just start jacking underneath a blanket. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, are you watching porn? And then it becomes like this big argument between the two. Uh uh yeah uh i mean i'm gonna say it's sketch of the night i really dug this one Sketch of the night definitely um i mean i love how they randomly snuck in the name of the store they were like are you watching porn in our brand new sleepy time bed (laughs) yeah and uh towards the end i like uh i mean this one part at the end where they're pretending to sleep in bed and they're going through Mm -hmm. this you know this mock thing and uh, then they wake up startled saying oh my god there's an intruder in the room and then Rami right. says, let me get the gun from underneath the pillow. He lifts up, right. lifts up the pillow. There's a gun there. And, he just pulls right, it. Right. and then Aidy says, no, no, get the killing gun. And then they reach into the other pillow and pull out a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> just guns just come out of nowhere. He kills the intruder. She gets horny for him. <laughs> Do me like I'm in adult detention. <laughs> right, right. Which is the name of the porn he was watching before. See, it all, it all comes back. It's a rich tapestry. That's right. It's uh, <laughs> 
and then and then Rami gets shot by the intruder. Yeah, it's this is a wild one, but I mean, it's, it's... but I I really love this. I thought it was a strong script. It escalated nicely. The performances were great. Yeah, definitely sketch of them. Yeah, this one was a hoot. I I give it all the thumbs up. This one was this who, one was. Who great. wrote this one? Do we have that? Uh, let's look it up. I let me see if I can find it. But yeah, um, yeah. Well, here while we while we look this up, this mm-hmm. this is you know our favorite of the night. Uh, we'll go on to the next sketch, the ten to one. Uh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we got. Angelo. Angelo. This is uh, Cecily Strong and Daniel Craig making a surprise comeback after his cameo earlier in the night. Yeah, I mean, it's good that he makes an appearance because, I mean, SNL, they don't have too many cast members that could do this. No, no, they don't. They're not like 20 cast members deep. Nope. <laughs> we got to call in James Bond. <laughs> da 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 But I, I like that Daniel Craig is apparently becoming one of those people that they just call because. I rewatched, like I said, I rewatched the Daniel Craig episode from 2020, and he's he mentioned in his monologue there he lives in New York City now, so I guess he's local. Oh, really? They just call him up. Oh wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> you know, like I said, we're seeing goofy Daniel Craig now, so he's just game. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so yeah, so but so they're a couple, they're having a night out, and Cecily's very excited to see international singing sensation Angelo with uh, Aristotle Atari playing Angelo. That's right. New cast member getting a sketch to anchor. This was his first big showcase, I would say. Yeah, I would say so. And uh, so basically, the uh, the hook on this one is that Angelo is a singer who can take any uh, any word suggestion from the audience and make an entire mm-hmm. song around it. Right. That's the premise. So he, yeah. he comes out and he says, oh, uh, a, a, a word suggestion, please. And, um, and Daniel Craig gives him Bicycle. Right, and ma- and and Angelo makes him repeat it a few times. A sif on me, a sif bicycle. A sif on me, B- bicycle. A sif on me, bicycle. Uh, bicycle. Oh, okay, okay. And then he goes. He he kind of yeah. softly sings a song that doesn't have the word bicycle in it at all. <laughs> right, right. And they do this a few times, and it's the same song every time. Yes, tonight. And he's not even like inserting the random word. He 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 gets the words bicycle, banana, road trip, and then towards the end of the sketch, uh, Daniel Craig tries to throw him with mesothelioma, and the joke there is like he immediately knows the word <laughs> mesothelioma, which I can barely say. Uh, uh, yeah, and of course we have Rami Malek come in as the interpretive dancer Todd, who accompanies right. Angelo, and but it, he basically is the same thing where they don't really understand the words that. They're given, and they right. just kind of... And, and when he dances, he barely moves. Yeah, I didn't know if that was Robbie Malik missing a cue, or that was him actually in character. Like, no, I think that was just his character. It was like, you know, the first guy barely sings, the dancer barely dances. I think that was the gag. Right, okay, all right, that makes sense. I mean, but this was very much in that genre of sketch that SNL does once in a while, where it's like, you know, something weird is happening on stage, and we're here in the audience commenting on it. This thing is weird. It's definitely weird. Um, and, and actually, this is something I found out about. Like this character um, that Aristotle did, this is actually a character he's done before numerous times. He's actually done it at um, when he did Just for Laughs New Faces uh, this summer in August. And this honestly had the feel of something that grew out of somebody's stand-up act. So I'm, I'm not too surprised to hear that. Yeah, you can... I actually put in my notes, 
was this something from his stand-up act? And sure enough, what you can actually see the video up on YouTube, like him doing this exact same thing, like getting okay. uh, right. suggestions from the audience at Just for Laughs, and the, the audience loved it. And people seemed to love this sketch too. It's de- it definitely offbeat. It was an odd one, this one. So it's not like Justin's uh, Trump sketches, which have all been scrubbed from the internet now that he's on SNL. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> this one's still around. Um, um, I did like how towards the end they just go into the song I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner. Dude, I'm always happy to hear a sketch end with any Foreigner song. I Want to Know What sure, Love sure. Is. I've been waiting for a girl like you, Double Vision. It's, you are all about the foreigner. Th- I mean, if people some, know, learn one thing about you, learn this. Their songs are amazing. Like I, Darren Patterson loves the foreigner. A, I've been waiting for a, oh my god! Oh, it warms my heart just thinking about so, it. So I mean, I, I was so so on this. I thought this was honestly more weird than funny, which is you know that's that's totally the ten to one sketches brand, whereas that's where you put the weird stuff. Uh, I thought Daniel Craig was good in it. Um, I, I say let's make Daniel Craig a new cast member. I'm, you know, I'm, he lives in New York. He's local. He's there. He's tan. He's rusted. He's ready. Yeah. I'm, let's, let's get Daniel as a cast member. Let, let's have him be the new Alec Baldwin I, and have him show up every week. Dude, I'm totally fine with that. Uh, I want to see what uh, Daniel Craig's Biden is like. Ooh. <laughs> d- d- let's not go down this road. We, look, we okay. We're trying. We're trying to have a new. Give them ideas. We're trying to have a bit a better future, a better tomorrow. That's true, That's John. True. Let's not repeat this, the sins of the past. I'm just saying. I'm always happy to see Daniel Craig. Yeah, no, he's great. He was actually pretty good in this sketch. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I also like the because in this sketch, um, it's Cecily's being very enamored by Angelo and um, yeah. Daniel Craig not quite getting it. Like, why is he such a big deal? Yes. And um, he, at one point he says, "Yeah, he's he whispers kind of." Softly when he's singing, I don't understand him. And then Cecily just, you know, defends saying, Well, he's not from this country. And Daniel says, Well, I'm not from this country, and you can understand me. And just right. Cecily just Yeah, yeah, because Daniel Craig's just doing his regular accent. Right. And then uh, Cecily just deadpan looks at him and saying, Actually, no, I don't. <laughs> right. I thought right. that was a funny line. They have like Daniel Craig and Cecily Strong have this weird but cool chemistry together. I I liked seeing them as a couple. Yeah, I I mean could Daniel Craig possibly be a future five-timer? Well, he's hosted like twice, I think. And it was, I, th- I think he said, mm. if I remember right from rewatching his monologue last night, I think he said it was like eight years or something between his hosting. Um, but, I mean, I guess he, he must be on good terms with the show if they're calling him in for a cameo. And he must he must be tight with Rami Malek. Um, so, yeah, and I'd love to see him keep popping up on the show i i think it's i just think it's fun yeah no absolutely it's uh he's good stuff i was like oh this this uh daniel craig guy he's uh he's got the comedy chops he's got some chops right yeah Yeah, absolutely and um yeah i I mean i thought it was very interesting to see this brand new cast member anchor this sketch especially like a character where he's kind of whispering throughout most of it and he's kind of like whisper singing so like i mean this I don't know. It's a, it's a sketch that could go south really quickly if you're not. It's it's nice to see the new people get a showcase and show what they can do. I I feel like I want to see a little more of of what Aristotle and also uh, Sarah Sherman can do. Um, I'd like to see them get a few more 
sketches showcasing them, but they're doing very, very well for new cast members. Yeah, I mean, I mean, J.A.J., he's getting all the hits right now. Like, oh, yeah, no. I mean, he's he's solid, and I feel like he's already well-established on the show, and I feel like he's going to be on the show for a long, long time. I don't want to jinx him, but... Right. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I think now that we've... He's, he's pretty much established himself as, like, a the go-to guy. Like, the, mm-hmm. you know, so now we I think we need to, like, focus on, like you said, Sarah and Aristotle and see what they can do. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm glad that they're not just, like, playing waiters and waitresses and sketches. No, absolutely. I mean, there's a little of that, but, you know, like, it's, they're also getting decent roles. And, you know, like, Punky seems to be getting on the show a bit more, too. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, everything's coming up roses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and uh, definitely, definitely a better show than last week. I think. Oh, absolutely, uh, better show than last week. Maybe, maybe better than the Owen Wilson show. Uh, yeah, probably. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, the second, the first half was I thought was okay, but I think the second half was a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Bowen was just all you know, some strong performances by him all throughout yeah. Mattress Store. I think Mattress, Mattress Store. Store. Did, we, did we find the uh, writer for Mattress Store? Uh, I'm still. I, I just. I no. I'm trying to figure okay. out how can we find this out through the. Well, computer? I know there's a Reddit thread. We should have gotten that up before we started recording, but uh, a... I thought I thought you had that. Let me see. No, well, I, well, I mean, if you can get it up now, I'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll banter and babble for a bit. Well, let me see. Let me see. We got you know. uh, who wrote what sketch? Season forty six. Um, here we go. Oh, here we go. All right. I'm going on there. It's dated October second. October second. That's in the past. Yeah, I know. All right. I know. All this right. is the thing I found. Um, yeah, we don't have it up on the Reddit sketch, so they are unknown writers. I do know that the uh, the uh, Aristotle uh, sketch with uh, Angelo, I know that was written by Streeter Seidel with the uh, with the Please Don't Destroy Guys. Oh, uh, yes. Please Don't Destroy Guys. So. Um, Oh wait! Maybe. And speaking of the pre, uh, please don't destroy, guys. We had some cut for time sketches. Cut for time sketches. Yeah, we had one, another uh, pre-tape with "Please don't destroy" called uh, "Rami wants a treat," which is just him meeting with the writers on Thursday, which seems a little late to meet with the writers. Just a little bit. I mean, I I don't know how that machine runs, but I would assume well, by Thursday everything's pretty much set in stone. I don't want to tell you how to do your jobs, that's <laughs> Um. But maybe meet with the writers on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, you know, Thursday you should probably be building sets. I'm I'm just saying, just just getting getting those praying mantis costumes ready. Exactly. That. Yeah, no, you gotta you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, but but he's he meets up with the please don't destroy writers. Um, those three uh, guys that we saw the other week, uh, and they all agree that Rami's been on very good behavior. So he says, "I deserve a treat." And uh, they give him a treat. And oh, yeah, I think they give him like a mouse pad or something because it- <laughs> they, they, they give him a mouse pad. It's just the thing they have on hand. And he wants another treat, but they don't. They don't want to give him one, so he starts behaving badly. Ooh. And uh, uh, th- this is better seen than described, honestly. But I, I wish they'd kept this. It's it's very quick. It's only like two minutes, but fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's um. Again, I yeah, I do wish that they kept this in. I thought this was pretty funny. It's good to see some the, these these uh, these new young folks coming in here. Like I swear, like once they came in, there was like a a, a burst of new energy that I think the show really needs. So like I really uh-huh. kind of wish that they maybe put this in and 
you know, in place of maybe like the Squid Game uh, pre-tape. But I understand. Yeah. I understand why they kept the squ- the Squid Game in because it's like current and it's people are talking about it. So you got to put it in. And it's Pete Davidson. And so, it's Pete you know. Davidson. So you got to put it in. You you, you want to establish the uh, you you want to showcase the established people over the newish people usually. Yeah, I, yeah, I but, get it. But I I feel like it was funnier than uh, a few things that were in the show. No, it was definitely funnier. Yeah. Uh, and um, then um, another cut for time thing they had was brutal marriage movie. This was like a fake movie trailer uh, with Rami and Heidi as a couple whose marriage is falling apart from the producer of marriage story, the studio behind scenes from a marriage and the stunt team from blue Valentine. Right. So basically it's, um, it's like a movie, a trailer that sort of plays on the trope of all those indie movies and TV shows about like, you know, a couple breaking up or going through a troubling marriage. Um, he needs to know that I fought for him. <laughs> like that. <laughs> like that sort of thing. I did not see I did not see that coming. Thank you, sir. That's right. I resurrected my Adam wow. Driver impression. Wow. You're welcome, America. Oh, bra- uh, bravo, sir. Bravo. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it's basically playing on that trope. And of course, we're talking about with two actors. Uh, who fully expect to get Oscar nominations for this. <laughs> right, right. Um, and, and the movie, as they say, like, this is basically narrated. Uh, they're, they're, they're saying it's about what a bummer it is to share your life with another human being. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Directed by a man who is currently going through a divorce. <laughs> and now he gets to decide what happens. <laughs> Which I think uh, was uh, similar to what the the... Director of Marriage Story was going. Oh, uh, no, 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 Baumbach. Yes, I believe I believe that was the case. Yeah, I think a lot of people said that it like that movie mirrored very much his own divorce and what he was right. going through. Um, yeah, I love this yeah. pre. I really, I really wish they kept this one in. This was this was really sharp. It's uh, similar to like when they did the lesbian period drama thing, where they're just like. We're gonna just spoof this general genre of movie and get really specific with it, and I, I really liked it. Though. Like they, they had Heidi as woman who loves to drink wine and dance around. Yes, and, and man who loves to get petted. Yeah, like guys, if you get a chance, watch the, watch this. Uh, you know, cut for time sketch. It's it's really funny. I really right, wish they put right. it in. And never forget, the therapist will be black. Of course, of course. <laughs> Which, which apparently is a trope in these movies. I don't really watch these movies. Do you watch a lot of the marriage falling apart movies? Um, no, not 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 so much because I'm you know I'm trying to keep things here together. <laughs> I don't, right. Sure. I don't need to see. I don't need to see all that. I don't need. I, I mean, don't need I know to... you're sharing your life with another human being, so apparently it's a bummer. Yeah. No. Everything's wonderful. Everything's great, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be together forever and ever. Well, that's that's good to hear. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, I just hope you have a good black therapist if that happens to go south <laughs> for you. Got her on speed dial. Yeah. Okay. And uh, amazingly, uh, yeah, again, strong sketch. Wish it had been in the show. Uh, and then amazingly, third cut for time sketch, uh, super hosts. Uh, this is Melissa and Mikey as a couple. They're going to an Airbnb, and Cecily and Rami are the couple that own the Airbnb. Right. And they really want a badge on their profile when like the hosts go above and beyond to give them a good experience. 
Right, and uh, yeah, I I like the sketch too. That though was uh, yeah. I mean, it was I I like the energy that Cecily and uh, Rami were bringing to it because they were like sort of very eager, awkward super hosts. They were doing things like, oh, we we scrolled through your Instagram and saw that you like pepperoni pizza, so we got you a pizza, and we mm-hmm. saw that you had a blue shirt, so we got you a pair of blue pants. And, you know, for yeah, it's one pair of pants, but it's for the both feet. Yeah. And it's just a pair of jeans, yeah. but they call them blue pants. <laughs> pants is funnier than jeans. I'll, I'll give them that. That is true. Pants is a funnier word than jeans. Uh, yeah, I think I want... Little comedy tip, guys. Right. That's right. This is comedy yeah. 101, people. We'll give... They're like, you know, we looked at your Instagram. We saw you like pizza. Here's a pizza with pepperoni, like in the Instagram. And we saw you were having issues with your psoriasis, so we got some uh, some medication for that. The medicated body wash, yes. Yeah. Uh, and they're like telling him about the Airbnb. This is where we lost our virginity to each other, and it happened like very recently, like a week ago. <laughs> a week ago, yeah. Uh, um, at one point, I like it how halfway through the sketch, uh, Rami's character's name just randomly changes from Toby with an I to Josh. Yeah, and, and they just go, "Wait, I thought your name was Toby with an I." And he's like, "No, no, it's it's Josh." Uh, anyway. <laughs> And it just gradually gets more and more disturbing. Um, yeah, I like this one. I thought it was good. It, it could have maybe used a little polishing between dress and air, but I, I feel like they, I, I feel like it was in good shape, you know? Yeah, I, again, this is another sketch I wish they put on. Like, I, it seems like it's a sketch that was funnier than what they aired, but the stuff that aired had to air because it was, you know, more topical or more, you know, current. Which is, yeah, you know, or maybe they just considered it a better mix of the cast members. Or I mean, there just there's so many factors that go into the making the show, you know. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, this is another. I think all three of these sketches I would have loved if they would have uh, made it to the show. Because I th- think they would. Yeah. I think they would have made the show a lot better, to be honest. Yeah, I, I would feel. I, I'm I'm positive about this show in general, but I would have been more positive if these three sketches had been in the show. Agreed. So. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but uh, but overall, a, a pretty solid show. I feel like SNL's got their groove back. Um, yeah, absolutely. There, there's a cute thing in the Good Nights where we see Rami Malek just like jump into Daniel Craig's arms, <laughs> and unfortunately, the director cut away like right after that happened. And by the time they cut back, he was out of Daniel Craig's arms. But it, it looked like a really cute moment. Yeah. Oh, it's very sweet. It's like yeah, they, like the, those two seem to have really bonded. You guys are in love. <laughs> there was a cute story where like apparently during a writing session for the movie they like they cracked some tough moment in the movie and daniel craig like hugged and i think kissed rami malik and <laughs> rami was like wait does this make me a bond girl because <laughs> <laughs> he's been kissed by james bond da-da, da-da. and daniel craig was like yes yes it does oh nice <laughs> oh my so, uh, but yeah, overall, I, I would say this, this is a pretty good show, pretty solid, and pretty good, pretty good show. Yeah, yeah, pretty, absolutely. pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, good. pretty. I'm, I'm go Larry David with us. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, that's our show, guys. And uh, as always, we uh, we put out the word on the twitters. On, yes, on in the twitter sphere about what do you what do you think? What did you think? What what did you think? Uh, what did you think? And we, we got some responses. We got some of those responsaroonies. Yeah, uh, we got f- from our good friend uh, Mikey with two E's. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, a step up from the last show, thankfully. 
Cold open went a bit long. Monologue was good, though. Highlights for me were the mattress sketch. Game show had some decent takes, in particular Melissa's wig, and J.A.J.'s Adam Driver and Weekend Update, great as usual. Wish Rami could have been used more. And that's uh, Melissa's Kristen wig, not the wig what? she was wearing. Yes, Kristen of wig. course. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Actually, I thought I thought the hairstyle, maybe it's like accurate to what Kristen Wiig's hair is like now, but she didn't look terribly identifiable as Kristen Wiig with that hair, you know? Yeah. It, it, I think a Kristen Wiig is having longer hair, even if she doesn't have longer hair in life, because I don't know what her hairstyle is right now. <laughs> yeah, I think with Kristen Wiig, her hair... I, it's one of those things where her hairstyles kind of changes from yeah. you know from time to time, so you, should, you can't really lock her down with one hairstyle. She doesn't have like yeah the one identifiable look, right? No one, you know, she's a comedian, that's right? And, you know, she's a chameleon. Yeah, no one puts Kristen Wiig in a corner. She, yeah, she comes in colors everywhere. Oh, she's like a rainbow. Da 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 da. I forget how the rest of the song goes. Yeah. Uh, we got a, a tweet from our buddy John Minus, no relation to Linus Minus, saying mm-hmm. the uh, Rami Pete Freaky Friday sketch was amazing. Um, yeah, was, yeah I'll, I'll give you that. I'm glad you like it. I, again, I, I would have liked more if it, it focused on that thing or focused on the other thing. I, I feel like it just it needed to pick a lane. Agreed. Uh, our good friend uh, Manette Marathi saying the fact that they aren't relying on JJ's Biden for all. The cold opens so far is refreshing. After years of Trump content, I'd rather the cold open be a story I'm vaguely aware of rather than <laughs> being a headline that was on CNN for an hour before. Yeah. And I, I couldn't agree more. Like, I'd rather... I mean, you know, yeah, things aren't as frantic now that we don't have, like, you know, the insane person in the White House. Right. And like, I feel like for a while we were doing that where he did something insane. Yeah. We have to make it the cold open. Even if we don't right. have anything really to say about it. Because, yeah, if, if we don't do that this week, there will be six more insane things by next week. And, you know, it's just too much to cover. I mean, don't get me wrong. The world is still a dumpster fire. Yeah. But it's... It's all the pits, it's a, but... It's a somewhat slower-paced dumpster fire. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like uh, it's moving at a slower, more easier, breezier pace. Right. Than the uh, the rocket train of garbage that we were on before. Uh, and lastly, we have uh, Boardman Gets Paid, uh, who says, So apparently I need to listen to you guys' opinions before I watch the show because I like it all. LOL. And uh, yeah, to which we'd say, yes. Uh, yeah, just trust in our opinions. Don't don't trust in your, set, your own. Yeah, what do you know? That's, yeah, that's weird. Your own Your own opinions will only lead you to the wrong ones. Yeah, yeah, no, just let us tell you what to think. That's right, exactly. Just le- leave your thoughts in our capable hands. Mm-hmm, yeah, leave the driving to us. That's right. <laughs> exactly, you get it. I forget what car rental place had that slogan. Uh, uh, one of them did. Yeah, uh, budget? I don't know. <laughs> sure, let's say budget. Let's say budget. Avis? I don't know. Yeah, it, it was also Avis. Okay. And Enterprise and... Uh, other car rental places that I can't think of the names of. Uh, Enterprise. Uh, Hertz. Hertz. Hertz is a good one. Uh, That's a funny word. Doll- yeah. uh, TZ. Yeah. Hertz. Uh, 
Uh, and it's really funny if its first name is Dick. Yeah, you get it. Uh, Dick. Dick Hurts. Uh-huh. Yeah, comedy. Humor. Oh my God, it's like a cold open we're writing right here. So, uh, so next week that's that's a show we're looking forward to because uh, SNL alum Jason Sudeikis with musical guest Brandy Carlisle. This is this is a this is for all the marbles. This one is the hopes are high. This is a big one, people. This is a big one. <laughs> Like I mean, I mean Sudeikis. He's you know SNL alum. He knows how that machine is run. Like he's comfortable as all hell, just getting in there and doing what he's got to do. Brandy Carlisle. I've I heard some of her music. It's 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 very good. I actually enjoy. It's like a kind of a folksy rock, kind of country type of thing. Very kind of a very hard rock type of thing. I I dig it. Okay. I think I think this is gonna be good. I think this is gonna be a good one. Do we think she's going to be like naked behind a guitar, like like mm. Casey Musgraves was? Mm, good. Which qu- apparently neither one of us noticed. Yeah, I don't know how I missed that. Like that. Well, they were. She was lit like in a very funky way. So yeah, you didn't. The flesh tones weren't like jumping out at you. Yeah, I really thought. Oh, I guess she's wearing like a khaki top or something. All right. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. I'm... I just think it's hilarious. It was just like naked woman behind a guitar. Both of us were like, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever. I'm gonna get a drink. <laughs> Um, totally but I, are there any uh jason seekers characters you'd like to see make a comeback on next week's shows like uh, old bits of his you want to see him resurrect i don't know like um i don't know if he had too many like recurring i mean aside from two a-holes and of course biden i can't think of too too many i always loved things. his biden it'd be fun to see like maybe dual dueling bidens yes or, or something like that i always Actually, this last week or maybe the week before, I was rewatching some of uh, Jason Sudeikis' appearances on Weekend Update as the Devil. Oh, and that's right. Those were always good. Like another sports controversy of with the the Joe Paterno thing, um, where like even the Devil was offended by it. And he Sudeikis had this great moment where he just gets up and he's like pounding the wall and he's like. Do you hear this? Do you hear this map? And <laughs> it was it was just hilarious because it, it felt like an improv bit, even if it wasn't. It felt like, but he's just he's outraged and he's yelling at the map on the wall. I just <laughs> loved that. I'm so angry at this map. Do you hear this map? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the devil. Like it, that that could yeah. work. I, I could see him bringing that back again. Do you think we're going to see a Ted Lasso parody of some kind? Mm. I feel like we probably have to do that, right? Yeah. Again, it's in the zeitgeist. It's what people are talking yeah. about. Like I, I imagine we'll probably see a Ted Lasso uh, parody yeah. of some of some, yeah. or at least a mention of it somehow. But you know, it's always nice when when the uh, a cast member comes back to host the show because they can always just kind of fall into the show seamlessly because they know how it works. They've got established bits that they can do. And it's always fun. I mean, it's always just fun to anticipate because it's like old home week, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to see those people come back. Yeah, it's like coming back to your old high school. Um, well, yeah. Do you think we're gonna get any of the old, uh, his the cast members that were in around in his tenure come back make a special appearance? Oh, um, you know that's possible. We, you know, hey, uh, Seth Meyers, Fred Armisen, they're they're usually on hand. They're 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 in in Thirty Rock, so that's possible. Very possible. Maybe, They're buddies. Maybe, maybe a F- Will Forte. He did. Uh, uh, it would be great to see Will Forte. Uh, Bill Hader. Uh, always up for seeing the Bill Hader. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, yeah, pretty much anybody from that era, I'm I'm cool with. Yeah, but I mean, either way, I'm hopes are high for this one. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Like, this is, I I got a good feeling. Like, I I I, I say this now, and I jinx it, and I come back when we record, and I'm yeah. like. Oh god, that episode! What the Look, fuck? Look, man, most most anything they do with Jason Sudeikis, I'm gonna be cool with because it, I'm gonna get to watch Jason Sudeikis be funny for an hour and a half. How's that not gonna be cool? That's very true. That's right. You know yeah. what, man? That's you know what, man? You're right. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna at worst case scenario, we're gonna get like at least a couple sketches that really make us laugh. I'll give you that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and that's if they have a really off week, and I don't think they're going to because it's it's Jason fucking Sudeikis. Yeah, come on, Daddy, Daddy Sudeikis, come on. Yeah, yeah. You know what he eats for? You know what he eats? Boys, boys, boys. <laughs> so I I think that's about it for us this week. Yeah, right. Do we have anything else? No, that's it. That's our episode, guys. Thanks for listening as always. Uh, you know, please rate, review, subscribe, spread the word. Uh, follow us on a uh, on a uh, on a uh, on the Twitters at SNL Nerds Show. Uh, you know, you could donate to our Patreon at non-productive.com. Go on our Patreon mm-hmm. page. Throw us some bones, some shekels, some moolah, some cash some uh, some of that sweet sweet cheddar so we can uh, keep yeah, the lights yeah. on here. we're gonna um yeah and if you uh, become a patreon we'll, we'll send a little extra content your way so some content that only you can access that's right you're gonna, like, you'll be... you know maybe a little capsule review when we talk about what we really think of the episode mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> 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 i'm putting a pinky up to my mouth uh, like Dr. one billion dollars um and yeah, uh, yeah, give us a review on the Apple Podcast. We haven't gotten one of those in a while. We always like to read those on the show. And uh, yeah, give us a follow on Twitter at SNL Nerds Show. We're still trying to build up the follower count. Yeah, yeah, we're the mishap. Yeah, we're getting <laughs> the blip. Yeah, we're yeah. We're, we're, yeah, we're after the blip. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're getting there. I think we're we're over two hundred, and uh... we're at like two twenty five. I checked it this morning, so yeah, you're, you're gradually getting up there. Yeah, gradually getting up there. Thanks, guys. You can also follow our individual pages. I'm at Trumbull Comic T R U M B U L L, and the word comic. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Darren Credible. That's D A R I N Credible. Right. So. So there. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that's that's it for this week. We'll see you next week with uh, Jason Sudeikis and Brandy Carlisle. But until then, nerds, nerds out. out. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.